Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga. Hey everyone, it's Amy McDonald here. I hope you're all doing super, super great. I've got a special treat for you today and I've got to say I'm a little bit embarrassed about it. No, I'm standing in my power. Um, Because I'm going to share with you something from the Amy McDonald back catalogue. We've been doing this every now and then. This one is from uh, over four years ago, just over four years ago, I recorded this training in 2015 and I still think it's powerful. That's why I'm, uh, hauling it out and sharing it with you this week on the Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast, but I'm also doing it because I want to model something that's very important and something that I'll be celebrating in a short course that I'll be promoting in the next couple of weeks, which is this. Make something once and use it multiple times. I've heard from a lot of you that you feel that your social media content is taking up a lot of your life, a lot of your time, and, you know, sort of sucking your will to live. Uh, And I've been talking in the GYYB group this week about three, minimum of three Facebook lives a week. You know, you want to use your social media to be social. It looks like sharing a whole lot of content repurposing your MailChimp newsletters, repurposing old blog posts. How can you generate, share more content that's useful to people without having to have it consume your life? And if that interests you, be on the lookout for my social media course that will be coming out in about two weeks' time. But uh, in lieu of that, today I'm repurposing some content. Still useful? Hasn't been shared on Apple Podcasts because Apple Podcasts didn't exist when I made it. (laughs) So here it is, a conversation about the importance of aligning your money rules with your dreams. Now, before I hand over to myself four years ago, ain't nothing on that recording that's still for sale. So if you want to try and buy my Path to Abundance course, I think I'm going to try and sell it to you in this replay. It's not for sale anymore. Uh, If you want it, I'll send it to you. Just email me, but you can't buy it it's old and I don't want you to have it. It's uh, out of date. <laughs> but if you're okay with, you know, out of date stuff and you want it, hit me up on Instagram. I'll send it to you. Don't try and buy anything that I'm trying to sell you in this call. Just listen to the content. I'm talking about um, money rules, what they are, how they influence your life, how they can limit your horizons, how they can be heavily influenced by other people. And what I think is really interesting is you'll hear this in a minute when I hand over to myself. I'm kicking off this training with a personal anecdote, which is so interesting to me because it's a great reflection point for where I I was at in August of 2015 compared to where I'm at now in my life and my business, how things get to change and the importance of Svadhyaya, personal reflection, as we uh, continue to walk our path of Dharma. So enjoy, folks. Uh, Handing over to myself for aligning your money rules with your dreams. Enjoy. Hey there, it's Amy McDonald here, transformational wellness coach for women, yogini writer, and today your hostess for some really exciting and important material about 
funding your dreams by creating money rules that reflect your values and not those of other people. If you're brand new to the Amy McDonald Wellness Community, welcome. And if you've been around for a while, uh, welcome back. It's lovely to have you joining me today for, like I said, what I believe is a really important conversation. Now, the reason that I thought it was timely for me to talk about some of this content today is because I'm about to embark on a a small trip myself to celebrate my uh, birthday which is coming up very soon, uh, next early next week. And I decided for my birthday that I would like to spend that time um, doing yoga with my yoga teacher. Seems like a fairly reasonable thing to desire to do for a, a yoga practitioner such as myself. The interesting part, of course, being that my yoga teacher lives in Los Angeles and I live about two hours north of Melbourne in Australia, not Florida. So, you know, heading overseas for six nights, uh, for quite a, it's quite a long flight across the pond, 14 hours. A lot of people, um, you know, had a, had a bit to say, had a bit to share with me about making such a bold and expensive uh, investment uh, for just such a short period of time. And all of this got me thinking about the importance of funding our dreams and how we can be limited when we start making decisions based on money rules set by others, money rules that are based on other people's values rather than those of our own. And that is what uh, we'll be talking about today. We're also going to be talking about how other people's money rules might be keeping you stuck in areas other than just going on birthday holidays, how to align your own money rules with your values so that you have a greater ease and comfort about making financial investments and any any investments really that draw on your own abundance and how walking my own path in abundance really allows me to live a full and spiritual life. In addition to these three things, I'll also be introducing you to some special guests who are going to share with us a little bit about their own uh, path to abundance journey and what changing their money rules has meant for them in their own lives. So if you're ready for us to get started, let's just take a momentary pause to reflect the time before now and moving into this deeper conversation. So if it's safe for you to do so, just putting down whatever it is you might be multitasking on and coming to stillness. And if it's appropriate, maybe even gently closing your eyes. So let's just take a pause and reflect on the importance of investing in ourselves in this way, the importance of coming together in community to think about things differently and to maybe make some adjustments to our own thinking, to blend in some new ideas and inspiration so that we can live more masterfully with greater ease, greater comfort and really walking our own path in greater abundance letting go of any stress, any drama, any forward planning, any to-do list writing for the next little while as we share this time together, knowing that all of those things can be picked up again uh, when we finish. Great. Okay, so let's get straight into the content. Let's start a little with definitions. So before we can go anywhere, we need to know where we're going, right? We need to know what our destination is. So it's important that we get clear on what our dreams are so we know what we're trying to fund. And 
let's just as a community accept the fact that everybody's dreams are different and the magnitude of everyone's dreams are different and they're different for us temporally as well. So that means that one day my dream might be going to Los Angeles for my birthday to hang out with my yoga teacher, blah. One day my dream might be writing to the greengrocer and buying local organic produce that costs more than the stuff I can get at the supermarket. So, you know, dreams vary uh, day to day. That's really normal. What I want might be quite different to what you want. Totally normal. What's important is that you get really clear on what it is that you desire, what it is that what your dream is so that you can start to work on achieving the funding for that dream. Now, what we won't be talking about in today's class is the specifics about how to make money really useful teaching and I've done a lot of that with other clients in the past. It's just outside of scope of what we're going to cover today. What I'm more interested in us talking about today is what is limiting you in investing, in spending, in enabling yourself. What is limiting you because it's based in thinking or that doesn't belong to you or that is worn out and doesn't serve you anymore or that was imposed on you before you sort of could understand that that wasn't your philosophy in the first place. So step one, get really clear on what is the dream that we're talking about and so that you so that you know the direction that you're heading, right? This kind of, it's, it's far more easy for us to manifest what it is that we truly desire when we're specific about what that desire is. When we have a kind of a vague sense of it, it's very hard to stay on course. So coming back to the example uh, for me, um, in fact, let me choose another example. Let me choose an example, similar situation, um, uh, uh, some uh, a couple of months ago, or I think it was May, um, I had I was uh, in Paris for some training with my coach, um, at two days of intense of, of coaching intensive with her. Fabulous experience, and I was going to go home via the United States because I wanted to take a yoga retreat uh, at Yogaville in Virginia with Krishnadas. Um, and if if you're familiar with him, if you're not, uh, Krishnadas is a, a kirtan performer, yoga music. And I'd been the year before and it was fabulous and I, and I decided to go again. And so I had planned that. I had set up a situation that meant I had you know, enough money in the bank to, to fund that trip. I had, um, I had the time that I could, you know, I'd, I'd managed my uh, appointments with my clients so that we were sensitive to time zones and where I was going to be. And uh, I was teaching classes at times that, you know, where I would have good internet access. I'd mapped everything out. It was all set to go. And then uh, as it turned out, I had a couple of days at the end of my, you know, planning my trip, a couple of days at the end, which were unallocated. I didn't need to be home. Um, and so I thought, well, what, you know, what, what am I going to do? I could, I could get home early and, and take a little bit more time to get over my jet lag. That, that would be good. And then I thought, well, what do I really desire? And I got really clear about that. What's my dream in this moment? What do I really desire to do with these couple of extra days? <clears throat> when I really tuned into what that was, it was, surprisingly, to spend time with my yoga teacher. So once I got really clear on that, and um, I thought, oh, great, let's let's see what that looks like. He's He's based in Los Angeles. I'm flying from you know, DC to Melbourne. So I have to get off the plane at Los Angeles anyway. This could work out really, really well. And so I looked at his schedule. And um, in fact, the weekend that I was talking about those couple of dates, he was going to be in another state altogether. Um, it, it, 
not en route to <laughs> nowhere between uh, <laughs> Virginia and uh, California. Uh, quite off. It's still in the country, but 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 um, not a not not a not a direct flight by any means. And so immediately I dismissed that. And then I thought, well, hang on a second. What is it that I do really want to do? I re- really do desire to spend that time. I'd love to do that weekend workshop. Location uh, aside for a moment, that workshop fits perfectly with what I'm doing. I'm spending two weeks really investing in myself. That would be a great thing for me to do. Why is it that I think that spending my money in this way is somehow a bad decision? And when I looked at it, it came back to these money rules, which is what we're gathered here to talk about today. These money rules that um, I had in mind that said spending money in that way was wasteful. Uh, there was a there was some residual thinking in there for me around what was appropriate to spend money on and what was wasteful, what was logical to do and what was illogical. And I had this money rule re- residue in my mind that said flying all of that way out of your direction that you're ultimately going is is somehow wasteful and you shouldn't do it. And so once I got clear that there was this money rule in my mind, I I looked a little deeper at it and thought, well, is this my rule or does it belong to someone else? Does this actually serve me, this way of thinking, or is it conditioning that I've picked up somewhere along the line? That happens. That's how the brain works. You know, we, we pick up stuff. It's like a giant kind of lint brush, you know, just constantly picking up stuff. The cool part about being more conscious is we get to decide what we keep and what we let go of. And of course, on reflection, I realized this was stuff from my parents um, and, and not even how my parents think now, but how my parents thought when I was growing up very much about scarcity, about lack, about not making silly choices, uh, not doing anything on a whim, heaven forbid, heaven forbid you be spontaneous. Uh, and, and it wasn't actually uh, a rule that I believed in anymore, that I had a role in establishing in the first place, or that served me uh, in my you know, adult life. And in recognizing that, I could let that go. And what I then went on to discover, of course, is that the money rule that sits behind that, the money rule that is actually true for me, of course enables me to invest in myself in that way. Of course says, you are a yoga teacher. You you are absolute certifiable yoga geek. Of course, this is what you should be doing in your last three days in America. You should be spending them with your yoga teacher. My money rule says I work hard to earn the money that I desire to support me to do do the things that I choose to do. And with that money rule, I book the ticket. So this brings us back to the more of the theory component of what we're going to be covering today, how you can fund your dreams by choosing money rules that are based on your values rather than the values of someone else. So here's something that you probably already intuitively know about women and money. Generally, women relate to money in a really emotional way. We have more of an emotional connection to money and money management and money issues than men do. And and for some of us, that emotion can include things like guilt, stress, and anxiety, you know, and sometimes even, even shame. For women, money issues tend to come up at times that are, um, you know, turbulent, uh, emotional life events. So money can become 
profound and really intense for us during things like the birth of a child, during things like separation or divorce, during, um, you know, loss, during uh, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a home, the loss of a role, a job, position, career path. So these kinds of money transitions can come at really emotional times. And in addition to this, in addition to our um, encoded feminine approach to money, which has a more emotional component, we also take on these layers of beliefs, conditionings and feelings in our relationship to money. Uh, and this, all of this combined is what forms our money rules. So in order to start to uh, look at as adult women to look at our money rules and discern is that true for me now? Is that actually my rule or does it belong to someone else? Is this based on my value or is it based on the values of someone else? We need to start to unpick where we began to learn about money. So if you have a piece of paper, um, this I would encourage you to make some notes here. And if you're listening to the replay, uh, you can pause and go grab some notes. So I want you to just write at the top of the piece of paper um, where I learned about money. Just write that down, where I learned about money at the top of your piece of paper. And then list out all the things that you can remember about the places where you learned about money. So some examples might be uh, maybe you learnt from your mum and dad. Maybe you learned, maybe you had a class at high school that they taught you a little bit about um, money. I remember when I was at high school, I, we did like maybe one or two weeks of lessons about how to write a check, how to, what a, what a savings account was. I learned a little bit, a little bit there. Maybe you have a financial planner or a financial advisor. Maybe your partner manages the money and you don't need to worry about, about that. Maybe you learned about money, um, through going through one of those traumas. Maybe it was, you know, when you went through a divorce and suddenly you had to manage the money of your household. What does that look like? Maybe you've, maybe you've been to classes. Maybe you've just picked it up along the way. Write down where it is that you've learnt about money. And then I want you to think about what you might, not just the where, but the what part, what, what did you learn about money? So if you could, if you, you know, if you're thinking in tweets or shorter, what are those sort of statements that come up for you when you think about what it was that you learned about money? So what did your parents teach you about money, for example? So again, coming back to me, my parents taught me that you have to work very, very hard for money. My parents taught me that um, you needed to be very careful about how you managed your money because it might all be gone. Um, and my parents also told me that, taught me that um, it was okay every now and you had to manage your money very tightly most of the time. And then sometimes it was okay to be very risky and, um, and, and have a big sort of blowout. So what I want to know, we need to write down and consider where you learned about money, and then what did you learn in each of those instances? And this might be something that you'd like to come back to beyond the time that we have to, today uh, to spend together. It's It can be kind of deep stuff. So jot that down, where you learned about money and what it was that you learned. You might have learned that wealth is greed. You might have learned that, um, oh, a classic in Australia at least is uh the ultimate financial security is buying a house. You know, that's what you should aim for, buy a house. 
um, I know my parents were very private about money. So I learned that talking about numbers was not something that was not done. I, in fact, it wasn't until I finished university and started looking for a professional job that I even had a, a concept of, of what an annual salary might look like because I had no idea uh, how much my parents earned. It just was not, it wasn't discussed in our house. So just thinking about what are the things that you learnt about money. Maybe you learnt that to have to have financial security, you needed to find a man. Maybe marriage was the way to have, um, yeah, to be, to be able to, to to fund your lifestyle. What was it that you learnt about money? And then finally, what I'd like you to make some notes about is how has how has what you've written down, how has what you've learned about money, the where and the what you've learned about money, the way that you've learned about money, shaped your view or approach to how you manage money now? Look at what you've learned and where you learned it, and how has that infused your approach to money today? And while you're jotting those things down, I'll just mention that if, um, if you'd like to, I'd love to hear from you about uh, about any of the stuff that's coming up through these exercises. So do shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. My email address is amy at amymcdonald.com.au. So if it's right for you, you can keep on jotting. And we'll just take a slight tangent from this exercise. We're going to come back to it very soon because I'd like to tell you a little bit about the Path to Abundance program, which is my six-week teleclass for wealth consciousness, specifically designed for women who are on a spiritual path. So if you have identified already, or if you already know in yourself that money management and thinking about abundance and wealth can sometimes feel icky for you, maybe it can feel uncomfortable, maybe you have a sense of desiring more but have some kind of spiritual conflict about what that looks like. If any of that kind of stuff about wealth equals greed comes up for you, this is the cause for you. That was absolutely my story. I was a yoga practitioner and I believed that part of my spiritual practice was living some kind of empty uh, poverty consciousness life, living in scarcity. I genuinely believed that that was my role as a spiritual practitioner. Fortunately, I've come to the realization through a lot of study and reflection, not just of modern day experts, but also looking back into the historical teachings, even things like the Kama Sutra, believe it or not, teach us that as spiritual practitioners, as women walking a spiritual path, part of our practice, part of our Svadharma, part of our own personal journey is to experience the fullness of life. And one of the ways that we do that is by walking our path in abundance. And you need look no further than the goddess Lakshmi to understand that there's a divine connection between abundance and money and spirituality. And yet, for many of us, this feels really uncomfortable and really kind of paradoxical. I'm here to tell you that if you would like to explore that concept, if you'd like to disentangle all of that for yourself and live a more abundant life so that you can fund your dreams, I'd love you to join me on the path to abundance. Okay, so let's come back to the notes that you were taking earlier about uh, about money rules and where you learned about money and what you learned about money. And if you look at, and then, sorry, and then the, the next step being, how does that influence your approach to money now? So looking at all of that material, 
these, this material is what formulates your money rules. This formulates your money rules until such time as you get to do the important work that we will be doing in the Path to Abundance program to redefine those rules so that they really do align with your values. For now, looking at those rules, you may already be able to see how they might be blocking you from making choices and allowing you to receive opportunities um, in a way that's not serving, in a way that doesn't light you up, in a way that just doesn't align with the direction that you desire for yourself in life. So as we heard just now in Sally's example, she had learned a money rule from her mother that said that you that you needed to work hard in order to get money. This was the money rule that she had in mind. And through the Path to Abundance program, we unpicked that, we did the work. Now she understands that, in fact, that money rule doesn't serve her. And she chooses to have a money rule that says, that you that you that that earning money can be easy that there can be ease and comfort in making money and that is in fact the direction in which she has taken her business since the end of the path to abundance she shared with us that she's got more people on her list she's got uh, more clients since we've done this work. So in recalibrating her money rules, she is now able to fund her dreams. In recalibrating her attitude to work, which was based on something that wasn't hers, when she chose to base her attitude on work on beliefs that were hers, she changed how money came into her life. She increased the level of ease in which money came into her life, and she's now able to fund her dreams. And in fact, Sally and I will be catching up uh, while I'm in Los Angeles, and I'm really excited to see you there. (laughs) So take a look back at the material that you've generated. Take a look back at where you learned about money, what you learned, and how that's affecting what your attitude to money now. What are those money rules that might be keeping you stuck? And let's look at adopting some money rules that actually align with your own beliefs. So if we come back to my St. Louis example, going to see my teacher in St. Louis instead of flying straight back to Los Angeles, that money rule said doing that, doing something simply for, ple- for pleasure is wasteful and, and money shouldn't be spent on things that are wasteful. And I, re, I recalibrated that to align with my beliefs. My beliefs are that yoga is my spiritual path and investing in myself in this way helps me show up as a better person. It definitely makes me a better yoga teacher. Helps me be more empathetic with everybody and particularly my clients. So when I looked at that money rule through the lens of my own belief system, I could recognize that no, that doesn't serve me and I choose to adopt one that does. Looking at the material that you have generated already in the call, I want you to now turn the page and start to craft some money rules that do reflect your beliefs. We don't have a lot of time for this. This is just the very skimming of the surface of this really important topic. Like I said, more detail, join the Path to Abundance program. I've totally got you covered. We're going to spend some really deep, uh, juicy time on this. But for right now, my my, I suspect that a place to start in recalibrating your money rules is actually to flip the ones that you have. Starting there, start with flipping them. So if you have something that says money is really hard to come by, I want you to flip it and create a new money that says, a new money rule that says money comes to me easily. Money flows into my life easily. I attract money easily. 
Does that make sense? Looking at the conditioning and the non-serving beliefs that you might have around money, flip those as a starting point for creating money rules that really do align with your beliefs. And again, I would so dearly love to see uh, what those draft money rules might look like. Of course, if if you're going to say yes to the path to abundance and sign up, we'll get to talk about these one-on-one and that will be super exciting. Uh, And otherwise, you can also just, just email me those if you'd like to share them with me. What When you flip that negative money belief stuff on its head, when you invert it, when you give it a positive spin, what does that look like? And how does that make you feel? You know, it wasn't that long ago that I hadn't done any of this work for myself. And if you flip over to the Path to Abundance program page, you'll see a photo of me in India looking spiritual uh, and, and rather bereft, to be perfectly frank. You know, there wasn't, it wasn't that long ago, five years maybe, that I really was living from such a place of lack that really, um, it really showed my own level of self-worth. It was, it was way down there. You know, I was um, a devout yoga practitioner. I was reading all of the spiritual books. You know, I was all over all that power of now stuff. I was doing the Julia Cameron's Artist's Way. I was um, really pursuing a lot of avenues of personal development. I've, I think I was even in, you know, having some counselling at that time. And yet, you can see in my in my physical appearance in that photograph, you can really see that my poverty consciousness, that my scarcity consciousness, was very, very high. Uh, in fact, that top that I'm wearing in that photograph, I haven't told anybody this before. Um, that 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 top that I'm wearing in that photograph, it was like the nicest thing that I had in my entire bag. I'd been traveling for about three months. It was the best thing that I had in my entire bag. And it was actually a scarf that I had used as a door. I had hung over a doorway uh, in a hut that I'd been staying in um, in Thailand uh, for privacy. So it wasn't even like, I didn't even have a nice, that was the nicest thing I had to wear. And it was actually a scarf that I'd used as a towel, as a door, as (laughs) various other things. And I thought at that time that there was somehow, in living like that, I was somehow uh, morally superior. I thought that there was some spiritual uh, rigor, some ethical kind of high ground in living in that poverty way, in living in such a place of lack. And I remember looking at people who would you know, buy themselves you know, things at the time that I thought were unnecessary, heaven forbid, would go out for meals rather than just making something simple for themselves. And I would look at them and judge them. And what I can see so clearly now is that, in fact, what I, rather than judging, what was actually going on for me was this slow identification of my own desire. It was the waking up within me that what those women were doing for themselves was something that I deeply, deeply craved for myself. And that living in abundance, really being full and showing up in my wholeness and being complete in drawing in the resources that I need to show up, to serve, to walk my path, to be my best. In recruiting that for me, that was something that I had neglected for myself for so long and yet something that when I was really honest with myself, you know, in, in, the, in the dark, in the middle of the night when no one else could see, I wanted those things too. It's this 
background of mine that really has caused me to create the Path to Abundance program. I've spent years training women about financial literacy. I've spent, I've run so many groups of, uh, for women coming out of um, divorce, coming out of financial abuse, you know, ST, STD, sexually transmitted debt, all of this sort of stuff. I've run workshop after workshop after workshop to help women really get through the nuts and bolts of better money management. And what I know from working with those women, from working on the Path to Abundance debut, from working on my own abundance journey, is that for us as women, this abundance piece is deeper than just the amount of money that we have in our purse and keeping a list of us, keeping a spending diary. It's deeper than that. We need to reconnect the sense of abundance to our own self-worth. We need to reconnect the sense of identity as adult women who can choose their own rules to how we spend money, how we invest in ourselves, how we save, how we support and nourish ourselves. And it's this deeper work that we'll move into in the Path to Abundance program. Yes, there is some of that stuff at the top about the money management you know what? We're living in the world. We have to engage in money with money in this day-to-day way. And we're going to take a deeper spiritual dive into abundance thinking and making some lasting changes from poverty, lack consciousness, scarcity consciousness. Look at that picture of me. That's where I was stuck into a sense of fullness in a way that aligns with our ethics, morals, and spiritual practice. So we're almost at the end of our time together. I can see already that there has been two women that have taken up the offer to join the Path to Abundance. So look out, ladies. Uh, I'll be sending you $50 back uh, in, uh, in the next couple of hours. Keep your eye out for that. And please, please tell me what you do end up spending that money on. How exciting. A self-care date is in order. So that means that there are four places left in the Path to Abundance program. If you would like to join me, I would love to welcome you in behind our velvety curtain. And we get started on the 9th of August. I really hope that what we've covered today has been of service to you. Know that this is just the very, very tip of the iceberg and it's also important uh, commencement work. So congratulations if you've been through the journaling exercises. Know that you've started some really important work that might have lasting, uh, might have some sort of rumbly shifts over the next couple of days. Keep your journal handy and know that anything that I've said that's triggered you is a really important teacher and something that you might like to come back to later to reflect on. So before we finish up for this call, thank you so much for your time. Let's take a pause again to just uh, to, to recognize this investment that you've made in yourself in being here and showing up in taking in some new information and maybe taking in some new ways of thinking and perhaps a little bit of a preparation pause for going back out into whatever the rest of your day looks like. So if it's safe to do so, just coming to stillness, coming back to single tasking, maybe even putting down anything that you're working on and closing your eyes. Taking some deeper breaths. Feeling, understanding and knowing that we have the power, we have the responsibility, we have the capacity to create our own money rules. No matter what we've been told in the past, no matter how we've learnt about money, no matter the stories 
maybe even the trauma that we've been through about money in the past, at this point now, as empowered women, we can make the choice to let go of money rules that don't serve us and adopt money rules that do. And when we have these money rules based on our values, then we have the capacity, then we have the power to fund our dreams. Gee, I shared a lot, didn't I, back in 2015? <laughs> oh, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it was useful. I used to talk a whole lot more about money and I think I might start to again because I really believe it's an important topic and um, for, for worse, I was going to say for better or worse, but dang it, straight up worse. Uh, it's unfortunate that there are still so many folks with a poverty consciousness mindset in the yoga profession. It's real. Uh, it's insidious. And, um, you know, if you're not in that space or if you're actively working to get yourself out of that space, congratulations and know that your energy not only benefits you, it benefits everybody else in your community that's exposed to you and that vibration. So thanks in advance. Before we finish up, a quick anecdote and then a favor. Anecdote. Money related. I had a session with one of my clients uh, earlier in the week and she was freaking out because she has a retreat coming up. It's fully booked. Uh, and one of the bookings that she'd taken was from a colleague who was going to be her assistant and she'd sold the colleague in at a slightly discounted rate in exchange for being her retreat assistant. And the colleague was going to be sharing a room with her colleague bailed. That bed in the shared room, not available for anybody else because like I often say, don't have your retreat participants sharing your room on yoga retreat. So she's freaking because now she's $1,000 down. What's she going to do? That's $1,000 of money that she doesn't have. Catastrophe. So I said to her, okay, well, let's put aside the fact that you're feeling like your retreat is becoming a catastrophe and let's get really pragmatic and tactical. What's the shortfall? The shortfall is $1,000. Okay. And if you could find the thousand, I said to her, and if you could find the $1,000 some other way, in a way that felt good to you, easeful, joyful, and abundant, if you could call that in, in another way, would you be okay with your retreat going forward without this other person? And she said, you know what? Yes. In fact, I would feel better about that than if in fact this person came, uh, Okay, great. So what we're not, we're not actually talking about catastrophe, retreat, disaster. We're actually talking about, ooh, fun, exciting. How can I call in an extra thousand bucks in my business? This gets to be pleasurable, right? Like if you have a money rule that calling in abundance is easy for you, guess what? That's what you get. So we looked at it. What do you got? What do you love to do? She said, well, you know what? I love one-to-ones. Okay. Uh, how much does your one-to-ones cost? And it was, I think, $350 for three sessions or something. And I said, okay, great. So if you could sell three one-to-one packages to make up your thousand bucks, how would that feel? And she said, that would feel great. I would feel good about the money and I really love doing this. I, it's been a long time since I've, I've taught one-to-ones. I miss it. And I said to her, okay, great. So do you have anyone in mind who might be interested in buying one of your one-to-one packages? And she said, Oh God, I love you all. She said, well, you know what? Because I've been so busy, I've had about five people ask me for one-to-ones recently and I've had to put them on a waiting list. This is the mic drop. 
want to give it the gravitas that it deserves. And so I say to her, well, hell, how's about you commit to me that by the end of the week, <laughs> you will have emailed those people and you will have sold your three private packages and made up your thousand bucks. And she said, okay. Uh, and actually, well, that's right. It was last Monday because last Friday, post in the group, all three sold. Money made back, looking forward to seeing her people, loves working with them, they love working with her. It was an easy yes because they wanted it anyway. And she simply changed her money rule that making $1,000 gets to be easy and fun and joyful and prosperous. This is the power of aligning your money rules to fund your dreams. You get to create your own reality. But if your belief is that you have to work really hard for money, or if the time at the computer like sucks your spirit dry, or if you can never find anybody no matter how much you do, if you are committed to believing that stuff, it is what you will get. If you are praying for what you don't want, don't be surprised when that's what you get. But if you want to shift up your money rules, like my client did, and decide that it doesn't have to be alarm bells when suddenly you're down a grand, it gets to be opportunity and fun. Cool. I know the universe wants me to be abundant. I'm going to discover where that prosperity is coming from. And my conditions are that it feels good and I have fun. If that's the way you want to roll in your business, choose to believe that. Choose to believe that, have that energy, have that attitude, and then lean in and get stuff done in your business. It's just a little anecdote from someone in my community, one of my clients, who made a clear decision to think about a situation differently, to turn it on its head, to invert, to give her a mindset, a headstand, and reap the benefits. She's fabulous, but she's not special, at least no more special than you. So if you are looking for that sort of mindset shift as well in order to reclaim some lost cash or make up a shortfall or call in some more just because you get to do it as well. It's not rocket science. It's just a decision to think about things differently. Next up, a quick favor. Like I mentioned at the start of the podcast this week, uh, October is the month where I am launching my next short course. It has been a long time coming and it's been in the pipeline for a while, but finally I have the, had the time to sit down and actually make it for you all. It's going to be about social media. It's going to be about being more efficient. It's going to be about making so much content and sharing it with people that you no longer care about how many followers you have because you are having great conversations every day with people who want to hear from you. It's about taking the basics of Facebook and Instagram and turning them into YouTube channels and podcasts and all of those good things. It's like, how do I blow it up on social media so that I'm in service, feel good about it, never feel overwhelmed, can't wait to interact with people, all of those good things. It's going to be awesome. A bunch of you have already paid for it in advance. Uh, you know who you are. If you're in GYYB5, you've already got it. If you're in GYYB6, you've already got it. But for everybody else, it's coming out soon and you will want to get it. And unlike my previous short courses, I am not interested in you watching a thing and filling out a thing. This is going to be workshop style, people. So if you want to sign up for a course where you got to get it done, session on session, you're going to love this. I am done with people buying my courses and not implementing what I teach them and then thinking it's my fault. <laughs> this is about do it, do it, or you don't get the next thing. Let's keep them serious now. Uh, I'm not doing this for kicks. Uh, I'm doing this for your outcomes. 
It's going to be a super, super powerful, awesome course. I can't wait to share it with you. But here's my favor. I'd love to hear from you about what are the things that you want, specific things that you want when it comes to social media. Don't send me a thing about, I never know what to post. Like, Give me the specifics so that I can really fine tune and tweak this course before it goes live. I want it to be as in service as possible. The world needs more yoga right now. And you are my vector to make that happen. You get that, right? Like my Swadharma is to spread yoga like a virus. I need you out there metastasizing the hell out of it for me. This is one of the ways that I want to support you to do exactly that. So let's make sure that Amy's new program is as close to exactly what you need as I can possibly get it. Let me know. Hit me up on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach with what it is that you're working on on social media. Where are you stuck? What do you want to do next? What freaks you out? Give me the specifics. I also want to know where do you get in your own way? Where are you bullshitting yourself? Where are you playing small? If you took an honesty pill and then typed me a message, what would it say for real about you and sharing your message with the people who need to hear it at Amy Yoga Biz Coach on Instagram? I'd love to hear from you. Um, thanks, folks, uh, for a trip back down memory lane, circa Amy circa 2015 when she was doing more life coaching. Ah, those are the days. Those were very different days. I like these days a whole lot more. Life tends to go like that. Uh, congratulations to Taryn, who is progressing with her Kimberly Yoga Attire brand. I'm loving uh, seeing all of your work. Um, let's see, I've got so many congratulations. Congratulations to Sarah, who's got new pamphlets and a new banner and has found someone fabulous on a Fiverr to help her make all of that happened. Congratulations to Victoria, who has made a very, very powerful decision about delaying the start of her next training so that she can call in abundance in other ways. Congratulations to Matt, who has built a whole new opt-in sequence, a new ebook, and is running ads for that, welcoming people into his community, loving all over that. Congratulations to Dougal, who has rewritten about 1 million sales pages for all of his teacher trainings and is seeing beautiful results. Also using the Google display network and uh, loving that. I've got the best clients in the world. Clearly take care everybody. And I'll speak with you all again next week. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask, if you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Take deep care.